I create, I try to create tools and resources to really help soften the caregiving journey. So I try to put out you know, some free PDFs. I just did one, like five ways to celebrate without cake or champagne. Just to, that. Help, to help people find ways to celebrate the small things in life. Sure. Because when you're a caregiver, like, like everything, <laughs> you don't know what's happening and thinking about celebrating is the last thing on your mind. But if we're not giving appreciation to ourselves, we start to spiral in unfortunate ways. Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. Can you believe it? We are already at episode 139 this week. It is October the 23rd as I'm recording this part of the episode. The other was recorded more than a month ago. I sure hope you're doing well. And little updates. This week, we've got Aaron, the accidental caregiver at the age of 34. Can you even imagine? Aaron has a pretty awesome freebie that I'll put in the show notes So it's worth looking at her website and, you know, she's got a couple of great books about her experience, one that's out and one that's coming. Next week, we will have Clint Callahan as guest on a lot from that episode as well. I'm just excited with the guests that we have now and coming up in the near future. Thanks for being here as ever and as a special fun thing for my fellow true crime lovers. This week, I did sign on the dotted line to become a full-time employee at a survivor interviewer at Explore With Us, and that's been mostly very gratifying and a thousand percent challenging and interesting. So some people aren't into true crime. If you are and you want me to share a link to a story I've been involved in, by all means, write me at my website, lameredith.com. Hop on the email list and put in the subject line, true crime, and I will send you a link or so. I Like I said, it's not for everyone, but there's always amazing stories of who helped during hard times, stories of different skills that people gained by going through something unexpected, relationships that were solidified. You know, there are always some pretty amazing things that I think make true crime sometimes very inspirational. So, yep, don't hesitate. Thanks so much. And let's enjoy this episode. Erin Copeland, thank you so much for being here today on Persistence You. I am tickled to have you and to hear your story. So thanks. Tell us a little bit about you now before we uh, get started into the story behind the story. Amazing. Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm also very excited to be here today. And I am the author of Welcome to Caregiving, The Things Caregivers Never Talk About. I was very excited that it debuted as an Amazon bestseller last year. Yay! I'm super, super proud of that. And the book is exactly that. Like, I did not get fancy with the title at all. You know what they say? It's better to be clear 
than clever. And that's what the book is. It is all of the things caregivers never talk about. I love it. And tell us about how that happened. How did your life shift to where you became the caregiver? You know, what was the story behind you deciding to write the book? So I, you know, I feel like caregiving happens in every generation. It's not a shocking thing, but nobody talks about it and therefore nobody prepares for it. And my husband is, um, he is 25 years older than me. And so I anticipated that at some point in our lives, I would care for him. Again, not unexpected. I didn't expect it to be when I was 34 years old and he was only like 60. (laughs) I didn't expect it then. And he was diagnosed with liver cancer. It came up very unexpectedly. We were going on a trip to Africa, which was fantastic. And so we had to go to the doctor for vaccinations and all of that kind of stuff. And his labs came back abnormal. And we went on our trip and it was fine. And we came back and they said, oh, well, didn't they tell you you have cancer? You need a transplant. Just like, boom. And that that was the moment I became a caregiver. And for me, you know, some people can fall into the role more easily than others. Some some people just don't, which is, which is okay. (laughs) There's so many human beings. Uh, But for me, it was just, it was a no brainer. I was going to take care of my husband. We made our decisions together and the entire journey was over, was over well over a decade that I was his sole caregiver um, for all of the procedures and surgeries he had up until he had his transplant. He was on the list for about eight years and then that had to be scary. It was. And we were very lucky because he was never like hospital bound sick. Okay. So he was able to keep working in things, but it was, it was still, it lives in you. It lives in the back of your mind. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know what the labs are going to be. And so you just carry that with you all the time. And it wasn't until I wrote my book that I actually realized I'd been living a trauma for a decade, like every day. Wow. Erin, yeah. that's yeah. So you found the writing part to be therapeutic in a way, correct? I did. And it's very interesting because I never, you know, I didn't say at the beginning of this, I'm gonna write a book about this. It was actually two years after his transplant. And I was going through my healing and realized there really were no resources, at least the kind that I needed out there. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I was so alone. I felt alone. I was overwhelmed. I was helpless. Like I felt terrible during that time. And I just, I just, I can only describe it as just getting this ping that said, you need to write a book. You need to help other people not feel this alone. And I just started writing it. And Jerry would say to me, because I'd get up Sunday mornings, that's when I would do it because I had my job and did, you know, everything else. And he'd say, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just writing my book. And he'd go, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And what is this book? I'm like, just about, you know, my caregiving stuff. And he's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And some of it was very healing, but some of it really was reliving those big traumas. And it's actually even now the, let's see, it took me two years to write the book. 
That's not bad. As someone who's written a book and took two decades, <laughs> right? You go, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. And I wrote it one way. I tried to write it another way, and I just was kind of stuck with it. Right. And then I thought, Am I really? Am I really doing this? Am I really going to choose to do this? And I, I say accidentally, but I don't believe anything is by accident. I met a book coach. She was fantastic. Like she and I just clicked right away. Like she was completely my people and, and I hired her and that I feel like was the moment I chose myself. And she, she laughed. She's like, Erin, you came to me as a writer. Like you knew how to write. And so we pieced it together and and got it out there. So I love that. That's a really important thing. You just said, I chose myself. And I feel like that's something, and you know, no offense to our male listeners, but I, I feel like as women, we're not conditioned to choose ourselves. Typically, especially my generation, that's not what we were conditioned to do. So the first time I spent money on a writer's conference that was more than to get there, plus the conference fee was more than a thousand dollars. And that was so huge. I felt so much shame about that at first until I realized it really was okay to choose myself. Yeah. (laughs) No one in my life was telling me I couldn't. And yet I carried this silly weight of that. And it really is a pivotal moment when you find that it's freeing to choose yourself. Yeah. And it really, it's, um, I'm getting much better at it. But yes, in that moment, when I made that investment, because there was, there was a comma. <laughs> right. You know, in right. hiring somebody for basically a year long coaching program to help, you know, with the writing and putting it together and editing and like all of the things to put a book out. It was a commitment and an investment. And it was all in me. And my feelings and my heart and my heart's message to help people. And so it was really uncomfortable. Like there was, I made the decision crying from the fetal position. I'm not going to lie. Like, am I really, really doing this? And it, that choice was that important to me that, yeah. That's exciting. So with the book coach, what were some of the helpful things outside of accountability to finish? What, what were some of the things that you feel like helped shape your story in that process? Um, really helping me organize the stories, I feel like, because the stories were all there and the timeline is there, but there really is an art to storytelling. Right. And one of the things that people come back to me all the time with is they'll say, Erin, number one, I don't know how you write about caregiving and make me laugh so hard. And then the next second I'm in tears. And so I really take people through that journey. And, and without that help, initially, I like to say, you know, my book was very, we went here, then we did this. Then I say this, then she did that. (laughs) And that's not what my book sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) Good. So, you know, using the other senses and, and just, that kind of engagement. So the reader really feels like they're there. That's the important thing in trying to communicate a story. That is beautiful. So when it all started to wrap up, could you feel that it was the story you wanted to tell? It was the story I wanted to tell. And I, I laugh a little bit because there's a whole other story 
that I know I need to tell that's really about my recovery because this book is my experience, like the nitty gritty of it in the heart of it, what I was feeling, what I was going through, you know, when the doctors gave diagnoses and my husband was zonked out on drugs and I didn't have any drugs. Right. (laughs) So I carried those things and that's the place this book is in. But I know there's another book in me that is, is literally my recovery from the, from the trauma. And I've been learning more about trauma and how it resides in our bodies. If we can't finish those fight or flight cycles, it will live in us. And so the more I've learned, the more I realize like, okay, I have more to offer here. I love it. So is that what you're working on now? I, it hasn't, I haven't put the pen to the paper yet, but I've been writing it in the brain, writing it in the brain, but yeah, it's almost time to get the fingers to the keyboard. (laughs) I love that. Well, that's terrific. So today, what is your life like then? Today, life, it is fantastic. Husband is doing great. Good. And he does all the regular husband things, you know, taking out trash, working, driving me nuts when it's appropriate, all of the normal husband Good. things. And yeah, and I'm writing, uh, I create, I try to create tools and resources to really help soften the caregiving journey. So I try to put out, you know, some free PDFs. I just did one, like five ways to celebrate without cake or champagne. Just... To help help people find ways to celebrate the small things in life. Sure. Because when you're a caregiver, like, like everything, (laughs) you don't know what's happening and thinking about celebrating is the last thing on your mind. But if we're not giving appreciation to ourselves, we start to spiral in unfortunate ways. So I try to do resources like that. I created a patient handbook to help, which is a binder organizational system to help patients and caregivers communicate and help them communicate with medical professionals. So I've, I'm just trying to create all of the things I didn't have. That is fantastic. And can where can people learn more about your book and those fabulous resources? Can people buy, let's say, your handbook? Yes, everything is available on my website. That is the best way to find everything I do and to connect with me. And that's at erincopeland.com. That's I Aaron with really an E, Copeland, like no D. Not like the okay. composer the other way. <laughs> I like that. Aaron. Aaron with an E, Copeland, no D. I love it. Copeland with it just ending at the end. Good, yep. good, good. That is, those are some fabulous resources that at some point all of us are going to need. So congratulations. That sounds really exciting. And I hope that you get that next book out at some point when it's appropriate and come back to us. Me too. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe. And I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.